0: Encourage all of our teams, our creative team, worship team, production team, all of our volunteers. Amazing job. Well, welcome to At The Movies. My name is Carlos and I serve as one of our teaching pastors here at Christ Fellowship. And I want to take a moment and welcome all of our campuses all across Miami, West Kendo, Doral, Homestead, Redland, Core Gables, and downtown, and whoever is watching us online, we want to welcome all our first-time guests. So Christ Fellowship, Palmetto Bay, let's give it up for them as loud as we can. So this is part three of At The Movies, and so it's a little different than what we usually do. Fun is our style here at Christ Fellowship, and so uh, we're taking some of these Hollywood hits, and even though they're not faith-based, and not Christian movies, uh, we're learning some principles that we can apply to our life. And so with that being said, I'm gonna invite everyone to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, sort of stretch. I know you've been sitting for some time, and we're gonna dive into the Word of God. And so how many of you are ready today? Yeah. Come on. Alright. Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Colossians chapter 3. We're gonna begin there. Verse 1. And it says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek, say it with me, seek. seek. Say it like you mean it, seek. seek. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on. Earth. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Father God, we just come before you, Lord, and God, we love uh, just the experience and you know the music and uh, the show and the popcorn and the photo booth. All, all that is awesome and we love that. We love to have fun. But the most important thing, God, is that you speak to us today, Lord. Yes. Uh, God, that you eliminate all the distractions from us, God, that we're able to receive a word from you, Lord. We want to be transformed. Uh, By the power of your spirit, through your word, we thank you, Jesus. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray, amen and amen. Well, everyone can have a seat now at all of our campuses. You know, the movie that we're diving into today is The Greatest Showman. How many of you at all of our campuses, if you've watched the movie, raise your hand, make some noise if you've watched the movie, yeah, yeah. In case you don't know, it's a musical, and even though I'm a musician, I'm not really into musicals, and especially when I found out that Hugh Jackman is the main character of the movie. Because when I think of Hugh Jackman, I think of this strong, jacked man, Wolverine, who's going to fight villains and destroy people, crush people, muscular jacked man. But then, now Hugh Jackman is out performing and dancing and singing musicals, so I couldn't get over that. But when you watch this movie, it is powerful, and there's some very powerful moments. But in case you haven't watched it, let me give you a quick overview on the plots, Because the movie centers around this man by the name of P.T. Barnum, who actually did exist. And he is one of the main originators and a catalyst of the American circus. Now, this is Hollywood, so a lot of it is fiction and some of it is fact. uh, But you see in the movie uh, that P.T. Barnum, before he became successful, uh, before he achieved greatness, he really was very poor. So he had very humble beginnings. And so he wanted to prove to the world that he can be successful in life, that he can gain wealth and he can gain notoriety, so he wants to prove to the world that he's able to achieve uh, greatness. Specifically, he wants to prove uh, to his father-in-law who would look down upon him because of his social status. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this video clip. She'll be back. She'll be tired of your life of having nothing. See that statement would resonate in his heart and throughout the movie you would see that it would fuel him to be ambitious in life and to gain a lot. And so he would put together this experience. He had a vision to put together the greatest show on earth. No one believed in him. They thought that he was not able to accomplish much. But that experience, that performance became the talk of the town and everyone would come to watch this experience. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this video. After that scene, you would think, this guy has arrived. He is successful in life. Everyone is coming from the town to watch his experience. It's blowing up. He has arrived. He has achieved greatness. He has become successful in life. But church family, nothing can be further from the truth. Because as he began to seek the things of this world, like wealth, popularity, influence, fame he began to neglect the more important things in life. He began to neglect his wife, his family, his children, the people around him, his staff, and it almost destroyed his entire life. Now let me bring all of that over to our teaching for today because just like P.T. Barnum almost lost it all to seek earthly success in the same way When you and I only seek the successes of this world, we will end up neglecting the more important things in life. Here's the big idea for today. Here's the big takeaway that I want us all to receive at all of our campuses. You see, true success is to be successful in what really matters. True success is to be successful in what really matters. Now that poses the question, what really matters in life? And how can I live a true, successful life? Well, we're going to find out today through the word of God. And so we love to take notes here. And if you really apply this to your life, it will be life-changing and will transform everything about you. So here's the first point that I want you to write down today. See, the success of this world is superficial. The success of this world is superficial. Going back to our passage in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in the city of Colossae, and he says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Paul is writing this letter to the Christians in the city of Colossae. And he's letting them know, now that you are a follower of Jesus, now that you believe in Jesus Christ, because you have been raised with Christ, you're a new creation, you're calling, you are called to seek the things of above. To set your mind on the things of Christ. You see, there was a lot of distractions that were getting in the way of the message of Jesus. Just to give you a little bit of context, in the city of Colossae, there were a lot of false teachings that were happening and it was becoming a distraction uh, to the message of Christ. One of them is Gnosticism, and it's this idea of having a higher knowledge that only a few people knew about this knowledge. The other one was mysticism, and it was this belief of having and experiencing a mystical subjective feeling. And if you didn't feel that way, then you were not complete. You were not fulfilled. Another one was legalism. And it was the belief that God will only love you if you follow the Old Testament law. If you follow all the rules, and if you follow all the rules, God will love you. And all these teachings were becoming a distraction of the message of Christ. That only in Jesus can you be saved. Now, in our society today, in our culture today, and many, most of us, probably in here, we don't struggle with these things. We probably don't struggle with Gnosticism or Mysticism, hopefully not legalism, right? But what can happen because of our society, what can distract us from the message of Jesus is this idea, and I made up this word of successfulism. Mm. Successful-ism, not Gnosticism, mysticism, or legalism, successful And it's this ungodly, unhealthy obsession, infatuation with being successful in the things of this world. Because oftentimes when we think of the word success, what comes to our minds? What defines success to you? How do you define success? Oftentimes we think of a checklist, And all these different things come to our mind. If I'm able to achieve all these degrees, graduate with my bachelor's degree, go to grad school, med school, get my doctorate, I'm successful. If I have this title, this status, this influence, this popularity, then I'm successful. If I have this lucrative career, this business, if I build wealth, if I have more properties, more investments, if I increase my retirement accounts, then I'm successful in life. Now listen, don't hear me wrong, I'm not advocating against these things. But when you have a mindset of, if I don't accomplish these things, I'm not successful, it's the wrong mindset. Because these things fade away. You have it for a moment, and then you no longer have it. See, all these things are all about getting more. Get more degrees. Get more status. Get more fame. Get more in my retirement account. Get more wealth. It's all about getting. But I want you to understand this. At all of our campuses, God is more concerned about who you're becoming than what you're getting. I'm preaching to somebody today. God is more concerned about your faithfulness than your earthly success. See, the success of this world is all superficial. It fades. But here's what I want you to write down as your next point for today. True success is about faithfulness. And it begins faithfulness in your relationship with Christ. Faithfulness in your relationship with Christ. Look at what the word of God says in Colossians chapter 3. It says, seek the things that are above. Why? Where Christ, say it with me, Christ. Christ. Say it like you mean it at all of our campuses, Christ, Christ. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Paul is telling them, Hey, listen, don't allow the things of this world to become a distraction. Gnosticism and mysticism and legalism. No, 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 no. Seek the things of above. Why? Because that's what Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Here's what I want all of us to understand. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and we are in the presence of God, we are in the presence of Christ, and he is seated at the right hand of God, what every single one of us long to hear is well done, good, and what? Faithful servants. Well done, good, and faithful servants. Not... Well done, good and successful servants. Not well done and you got a lot of likes on your Instagram servant. Wow. Wow. Not well done, good and you're wealthy servant, you're popular servant, you're talented servant. No, what we all long to hear is well-done, good, and faithful servant, and what God is looking for at all of our campuses, at Doral, at Relin, and Homestead, he wants some faithful people. I'm going to be faithful to the things of Christ. I'm going to follow Jesus. See, faithfulness is not about perfection. No. Faithfulness is about consistency. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, if you're faithful with the little, he'll entrust you with more. It's about consistently seeking Christ. Seek and set are action verbs, not something that you do one day and you're good for the rest of the year. Can you imagine you're married to someone and your hubby for your anniversary goes all out, takes you to an incredible, incredible, beautiful resort, ocean view, you go to the spa, you do your nails, you get a massage, you go to gourmet restaurant, five course meal, champagne without alcohol, of course. <laughs> Amazing. Baby, I love you so much. And then he leaves and he says, I'll see you next year in our anniversary. Doesn't work that way. A wife wants consistency, the daily grind day by day, consistently loving you, serving you, and the women say amen, praise God. Come on, tap your husband's shoulders, all good. Why, consistency. You see, our relationship, faithfulness with Jesus, it's all about consistency in our walk with Christ. Faithfulness in our relationship with Christ, here's the next one that I want you to write down today. Faithfulness in your relationship with your family. With your family. When God gives the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel, he encounters Moses and Mount Sinai. He gives them here the ten rules that my people are to follow, to abide by. The first four commandments, you shall not have no other gods before me, don't have any idols, don't use my name in vain, uh, take the Sabbath. All the first four commandments have to do with our relationship with God. The last five commandments have to do with our relationship with other people. Don't kill, don't steal, don't covet, don't lie, don't cheat. But right in the middle, God says, honor your father and mother. It's a commandment about the family. In between our relationship with God and our relationship with others, God would put this commandment about the family. Why? Because it all begins at home. What good is it that you're successful everywhere else but you're failing at home? See, so your family, husband, wife, children, parents, whatever role you're in now is a blessing even when it at times can feel like a burden. Let's be honest. I'm a parent, I'm a father, we have three children, Shawnee and I, we have three children under the age of eight. And sometimes parenting can feel like a burden, and not a blessing. But this last week in our home, it's been the most wonderful time of the year. I almost decided to play Christmas music in our home. Why? Because in one week, our children, our three precious children, are going back to school. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus! Praise God, I was at Target buying them school supplies I was like dancing salsa in the aisle. I was like, yeah, you want more pencils? You want more, get all the crayons you want. What, oh, sweetie Everly, yeah, you want that book back? Take it, we'll put it on the red card. It's all good, we get 5% discount anyways. It's all good. I was so excited. Why, because throughout the summer, our three children are at home all day. We didn't take them to summer camp because we're trying to save money, and so our light bill has been up. Gosh! Turn off the TV. Turn off the Wi-Fi because our light bill's up, up, up. Our food bill has gone up. We've gone to yeah, yeah. We've gone to the grocery so many times. We transitioned from Aldi and Publix. Now we go to Costco. <laughs> Buy more uncrustables. It's all good. We're gonna feed these children. It can feel like a burden. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, man, it can feel like a burden. It's been exhausting. We're tired this summer. We're exhausted. But then we thought about it for a moment. It can feel like a burden, but it's such a blessing to be a dad. It's such a blessing to be a mom. I want to remind someone today, your marriage can feel like a burden, but I want to let you know, husbands, when you love your wives, like Colossians 3 says, do not treat them harshly, but speak life into them, serve them, care for them, lead them. There is a blessing that comes with that. Wives, when you honor and affirm your husband's leadership, there is a blessing that comes with that. Children, it's not easy obeying your parents at times. High school and middle school students, but when you live out Ephesians 6, 4, obey your parents. Why? Because their rules are not meant to prohibit you, but rather to protect you. There is a blessing that comes with that. There is a blessing when you lead your children in the ways of Christ. It begins at home. How are you being faithful to your family? You know, going back to P.T. Barnum in his life, He was trying to obtain wealth and position and influence and expand his business. He was doing it to provide a better life for his wife and children. He was doing it for his family. It started off well, but then he began to neglect his home. He began to neglect his wife and his children. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this video clip. began to neglect his family to seek the things of this world. Husbands, parents, what good is it that you're getting promoted at work, your boss loves you, you're being successful in your career, but yet you have neglected your home? Yet you've neglected your wife. Yet you've neglected your children. What good is it that everyone knows you, you're popular, you're well known, you have a lot of friends, You're doing so well when it comes to your hobbies and you're having a great time, but yet you're neglecting your children. Or when you're with your family, you're disengaged mentally or you're working during your vacation and you've neglected your home. See, faithfulness, true success, is faithfulness to Christ, faithfulness to our family, our home. And here's the next point that I want you to write down today, faithfulness and loving Other people. In fact, write this down as your next point. Loving in our relationship with others. Look what the word of God says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. The Pharisees asked Jesus, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Then he says, and a second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The Pharisees, are out to trap Jesus. And in that time, there were 613 commandments, 613 rules in the Old Testament, broken down into three categories, moral, civil, and ceremonial. And the Pharisees are saying, Jesus, you know it all. So out of the 613 commandments, Different categories. Which one is the greatest? Jesus says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Whoever is closest to, to you is your neighbor. In other words, when you go to work on Monday, that person that sits next to you at that cubicle, That's your neighbor. When you go to work and that person who tells you what time to come in, what time you should leave, that you call your boss, supervisor, director, leader, hopefully nothing else, (laughs) nothing bad, that person is your neighbor. That person on social media, Facebook friend, Instagram follower, Twitter follower, that person is your neighbor. So my question for you today at all of our campuses How are you loving your neighbor? How are you being faithful to loving those who are around you? You know, last week, our church, we hosted the Global Leadership Summit, and our staff was here, and other people came to watch it as well. It was incredible. We learned a lot of leadership principles. And one of the leadership talks by the name of Shola Richards, he said something that I thought really spoke to me. It resonated with me, and I shared with our team. And he said the following, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who make you happy when they enter the room, and those who make you happy when they leave the room. <laughs> Let me say that again those who make you happy when they enter the room, and those that you're happy when they leave the room. What kind of neighbor are you? Are your neighbors dying for you to move and get out of the neighborhood? Hey, dude. Hey Mark, hey Michael, hey, uh, you know in Georgia, real estate is a lot cheaper there. You may want to move to Georgia or South Carolina. Are you the neighbor that people are dying for you to get out of the company? Hey, did you know that that company, they offer better benefits and they're hiring, I know I'm just saying. Try them out. Oh, the person that people are blocking and unfollowing and you have no idea on social media? What kind of person, neighbor are you? Because we live in a world that is so divided and so polarized, wow. so many different opinions. Mask or no mask, vaccine or no vaccine, homeschool or public school, organic food or fast food, Republican or Democrat, everyone has an opinion about everything. But here's what I want all of us to understand. We are called not to make a point, but we are called to make a difference. No matter, even though we may not agree with each other, we may not see eye to eye with each other, because you are my neighbor, I'm gonna love you, and I'm gonna serve you. I'm not called to be friends with everyone, but we're called to love everyone. You know, we all know the golden rule, Matthew chapter seven, twelve: Do to others what you would want them to do to you. That's a golden rule. There is a platinum rule. It's not explicitly in the Bible, but it's all throughout the New Testament. Do to others what Jesus has already done for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. Because Jesus has extended forgiveness, then I'm gonna forgive. Because Jesus has extended love, compassion, grace, and mercy, I'm gonna do that to other people as well because God has not called us to make a point, but he's called us to make a difference. I am preaching to somebody today at all of our campuses. So what kind of neighbor are you? Be faithfulness in your relationship with Jesus. Be faithful in your relationship with your family and be faithful in your relationship with other people by loving them. And here's why, here's why, and I want you to write this down as your last point for today. Here's why. The success of this world will never be enough, but Christ is always enough. Look what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse nine. It says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to what? Fullness. In Jesus you have been brought to completion. Mark chapter eight verse 36 says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit, lose their soul? In other words, what good is it for someone to arrive, to make it to the top, to become successful in life, but yet neglect the most important thing, which is their relationship with Jesus. See, because the earthly successes will never be enough. You know, one of the things as a parent that can be the most frustrating thing, and I'm sure many of you can understand this, is when you give a gift that your child has been wanting for a long time, they receive the gift and five hours later, they forget about it and they're playing with the box it's frustrating several months ago I brought a Nintendo switch for my children they were so happy they've been wanting it they've been longing for it they, they were excited they got it they started playing with it a day later no longer playing with the Nintendo switch I purchased another game for them Ah, oh, they were so happy they were excited a couple days later no longer why because it only satisfies you for a moment But then eventually, it fades away. It's the same thing with the things of this world. Money, wealth, influence, fame, popularity. The home will satisfy you for a moment. Eventually, that feeling fades away. That beautiful brand new car that you purchased smells amazing with the leather seats. You feel good for a moment. But eventually, that feeling fades away. See, the things of this world, they're never enough. You know, going back to the story of P.T. Barnum, there was a point in his life that he realized that the fame that he had was not enough. That all the wealth that he had acquired was not enough that all the traveling that he did was not enough. The popularity that he had was not enough. The expansion of his business was was not enough. It was not enough, it was not enough, it was not enough for him. Hours of gold were not enough. All the spotlights were not enough. All the degrees, not enough. All the successes of this world, not enough. All the wealth, not enough. All the promotions, not enough. All the money, the retirement accounts, Bigger home, not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. When you focus your life seeking the things of this world, they're never enough. But my friend, I have good news for you because we serve and worship a God, a Savior who is always enough. Our God came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was crucified to forgive you from your sins and to make you a new creation and to make you a new person. So I'm going to seek and I'm going to set my mind on the things of God because Jesus is always enough. How many of you believe that today at Homestead? always enough not enough the things of this world will never bring satisfaction They will never bring joy they will never bring purpose like Christ I'm gonna invite you to bow your head and close your eyes wherever you are father God we just come before you Lord we thank you God because you're good and you're gracious we worship a God who's always enough who is always enough Jesus Thank you, Lord, because you died for us, Lord. And I pray that we may seek you consistently, pursue you above all other things, God. May we not chase the wind and the things of this world, but rather you. As everyone has their head bowed and their eyes closed, maybe you're here today joining us for the first time or maybe you've been coming for many weeks and you're like pastor carlos that message was for me i am seeking the things of this world and i need to seek christ today i need to make a decision to follow jesus i need jesus into my life i am lost far away from god but i need jesus to come into me and to make me complete there where you are you're at one of our campuses We're not going to put you in the spot. We're not going to ask you to come to the front. But here's what I want you to do. In the stillness of this moment, moment, I want you to raise your hands as high as you can. If you're making that decision to follow Christ, because I want to take a moment and I want to pray for you. If that is you today, if you're like, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus today with no one looking, I want you to lift up your hand as high as you can. God bless you. I see you in the back. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you in the front. God bless you, sir. God, you're a new creation today. I see those tears. God sees those tears. You're a new creation. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Tons of hands. If you're at one of our campuses, you can lift up your hand. Your campus pastor will come and pray for you afterwards. Put your hand down. If you made that decision today, just take a moment right now. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. You just take a moment right now, you can repeat the same exact words that I say, or you can pray something similar, but it's not the prayer that saves you, but rather it's the condition of your heart. God wants your heart, he wants your life, he wants it all. <laughs> Father God, we just come before you and I recognize today that I'm a sinner in need of saving. Jesus, I believe that you died, you were buried and you were raised on the third day to forgive me for my sins and today I ask you to come into my life yes. to make me a new creation I will live for you and you alone, God. Today I repent for my sins. I run away from my old life and I run to you today. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy, your grace, and your forgiveness. It's in your holy and precious name that I pray. Amen and amen. Christ Fellowship, if you're excited for those that said that prayer, why don't we give it up for them? Amen. If you made that decision, if you're watching us online, you can go to our website, cfmiami.org connect. If you're at one of our campuses, you can go to the Next Steps area. We have a gift that we want to give you. We want to give it to you before uh, you leave uh, today. So I'm going to invite all the campus pastors forward. I love you, Christ Fellowship. Have an incredible day. God bless you. Take care.